But more than that, he came to know the characters. We argued over which were coolest, and when I'd pause the shows to explain some of the more subtle story elements, we often found ourselves in those big idea conversations I had hoped for. Jeremy knows at least a bit about World War II and the Cold War and mutually assured destruction and Vietnam and the domino theory and on and on, primarily because of our conversations about what elements from our history Star Trek was addressing in individual episodes. We've watched lots of other movies and shows. None has opened the door so powerfully or insistently to that kind of exegesis about cultural and historical relevance. I don't think it's a coincidence that none has stayed with him as deeply as Star Trek has. Alan Dean Foster, author, story, Star Trek The Motion Picture. It's fairly obvious that it represented, more than anything else, a sensible future. A future where people worked together and utilized science and reason and logic to try and solve problems instead of just blowing things up. Brennan Braga. Star Trek isn't just a shoot 'em up laser show. There's a certain expectation that you're going to explore some aspect of humanity in an interesting way, which distinguishes the show from most sci fi series. The different series seem to reflect the time in which they were created to some degree, but there's always a humanistic philosophical core that seems unchanged, and I would hope that Star Trek would retain its essence going forward. Robert Lewin. Co-producers Star Trek The Next Generation. The old series endured because it is basically rooted in two elements. The first element is that the shows have ideas. Some are good, some are not so good. There is philosophy, extravagantly designed ideas with other planets that you can't express in any other show. Some of the ideas are wild, but they're always grounded in science fiction reality. The other reason is that the affection the characters felt for each other was, in a sense, the same kind of affection you got in all the long-running series. Thomas Doherty. The show is also about the Freudian triad, the id, the ego, and the superego. That's the core of the series. Frank Spotnitz, executive producer, The Man in the High Castle. The original Star Trek and The Twilight Zone were the key things to my childhood. The good episodes of Star Trek, and most of them were really good, were about something. They were about ideas. To me, the genius of it was that Kirk was the character of action, Spock was the character of the mind, and McCoy was the character of emotion. You had mind and emotion, logic and conscience, arguing and Kirk had to meditate and take action. It was a beautiful prism for storytelling, and it drove those episodes week after week. That's what made that show so great. That and Twilight Zone were by far the most thought-provoking things on television in the 1960s and the 1970s. There was nothing else remotely as good. Scott Mance my love for Star Trek was fueled because of the characters. When I was a kid, I wanted to be James T. Kirk. And I still do. David A. Goodman. He could kick anybody's ass. Scott Mance. He was the James Bond of outer space. Rene Echeverria. 
There are certain actors who just grab a role with such gusto that you can feel it. And he did. He believed. They all did remarkably when you think about the fact they were standing on these sets made of cardboard, practically, wearing these costumes and makeup and how outlandish it all was. The way they committed to it was extraordinary. The perceived wisdom is that the show was this quirky show that was canceled that nobody watched. But Leonard Nimoy was nominated for an Emmy. David A. Goodman There is a way in which Kirk is wish fulfillment for a lot of guys, in that he's obviously an action hero, but he's also smart. And then his best friend is the super nerd Spock, and the super nerd can actually beat up the Kirk character, which is also a bit of wish fulfillment. And that's true going forward as well.